Hey there, friends and foes. Welcome to Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica, but you can call me Johnny. And on this week's episode, we've got a very special treat for you. We'll be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. We'll be talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll be talking about some great Star Wars news, but we've got an awesome, awesome guest joining us, Indiana Bones. And we're going to do that right now. All right, guys and gals, we are back, and um, <laughs> I am your host, John Pica, and Aubrey Brewer is running late because she had to update her software for her webcam. Oh, no. Aubrey, join us as soon as you can. So um, for those of you who are already watching, here's how this works. Uh, you can post comments, and we will react to them. And uh, we will interact with you. This is an interactive show. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Click the subscribe button below. Post a comment. Share with your friends. If you're watching on Facebook, you can also like our page and uh, follow the page and uh, share this video with two, 300 of your closest friends and family. So that's how you can participate. You can post comments. Uh, during the show, and we will address them, and that will be great. So uh, I want to introduce our very special guest, and uh, I'm really super excited, super, super excited to be welcoming this very special guest, and I want to give her the, the, the buildup she deserves. So we are going to welcome Indiana Bones. She is an archaeologist, adventurer, explorer, street art expert, we'll have to ask her about that, cryptozoologist, and groundhog admirer. She is the host of Saturday Adventures, and Saturday Adventures follows Indiana as she searches the world for cryptids. She explores strange places and mysteries Wherever she can find them, she travels all over the world looking for Bigfoot in California, dinosaurs in New Jersey, cryptids in Tokyo, and ghosts in Egypt, and takes a walk into the actual Twilight Zone. Please welcome to the show the one, the only, the mythical Indiana Bones. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Back of the Cereal Box. So excited to be here. I, I'm so excited to have you. Now, we start off with having our guests answer three primary questions. Okay. 30-second elevator pitch time. Tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got wrangled into doing this show. 
All right, maybe I'll start in reverse. So I'll talk about <laughs> Saturday Adventures first. Um, Saturday Adventures, we started it back in 2017, my husband and I, to sort of document all of the different adventures that we've gone on over the years. And we really decided we wanted to start sharing that content with other people to encourage them to also have their own adventures, whether they're big or small. And that lives as both a photo blog and a video series most recently that we've started working on. Very, um, very cool. Um, me as a person, so I'm Anna, and throughout my whole life, I've always been called Indiana by my parents because they knew I was obsessed with Indiana Jones as a kid. I don't know what who other kids were doing. Yeah, who isn't, honestly? You know, other kids were probably like playing with dolls and stuff as a child. I was there reading books about Howard Carter and Tutankhamun's tomb. <laughs> you and I would have been best friends in high school. Awesome, I love it. Um, and it's so, you know, as I got older, I, I took that passion for archaeology. I got my degree uh, focusing in South American Peruvian archaeology. And then I later went on to get my master's degree in museum studies. So everything to do with object collection and preservation, whatnot. Wow. So you're not like just an internet expert. You're a real expert. This is true. Yeah, I, I got the degrees to prove it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So you've already answered one of my questions, and 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 I always love to ask our guests this question: What is your fandom? What do you like totally geek out over? Ooh, so many things. I'm. I could start talking about like aliens and ghosts to my friends. Um, I, when I'm in work meetings, I end up talking about Skinwalker Ranch was like a very haunted place out in Utah. And so little things just will set me off. And all of my friends and family and coworkers are well aware of all of my interests. I could talk for hours. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. One of the things uh, we do on the show, and I was excited to see your Instagram post that we're going to get to find out what Indiana Bones' favorite cereal is. We are called Back in the Cereal Box because when I was a kid, we didn't have iPhones and iPads. We, sitting at the breakfast table, we, we had our box of cereal, and we were looking at the back, playing the games on the back. And uh, this morning, I am eating honey bunches of oats with almonds. And a lot of people don't realize, and I try to tell this in the pre-show notes, we actually literally do what the show says. We sit down with a big bowl of breakfast cereal and have discussions with our best friends on a Saturday morning talking about the cool geek pop culture stuff we all love. So, Indiana Bones, what is your favorite cereal? Well, I've brought with me today a nice bowl of cinnamon toast crunch, which yeah. I'm going to add my milk to right now and enjoy with you. Now, a so. lot of people will say, John, eating on camera and having your mouth full is bad TV. I say it's entertaining as hell. So... Totally used to it these days of being on Zoom meetings all day long and eating in front of tons of people I don't know. No shame in that. <laughs> so that's your day gig. You're 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 an archaeologist. You're a museum curator or or acquirer. None of those things, surprisingly. Um, I no. actually. <laughs> 
So uh, I actually work at a technology company, which will remain unnamed for right now. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's it's interesting how I've used uh, the degrees and the skills I've had in my past and brought it here. But um, previously, I was the executive director and curator of a small art gallery in upstate New York called the Art Mission. So definitely have experience in all of the curation and, and gallery design that comes with those degrees. Upstate New York. So where, when you say upstate New York, are you talking like Schenectady and above uh, or? So uh, right above the Pennsylvania borderline. So we're from, uh, Paul, my husband and I are both originally from Binghamton, New York, uh, which you will see in our notes down the line uh, is the home of the creator of the Twilight Zone. So definitely a strange place to grow up in. It's about three and a half hours outside of New York City. Yeah, I um, I spent a summer performing in a theme park at Lake George, New York. Ah, uh, a place called The Great Escape. Oddly, owned by Paul Newman, who uh, had a ranch just outside of uh, Glens Falls, um, Lake George area, and uh, he brought the cast of the show that I was doing out to his ranch to perform in his living room for a charity event. Wow, that's so funny. Yeah, I, I've been to Great Escape as a child, so I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The giant Paul Bunyan. He could be a cryptid. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, we got some comments already. Cindy Kep says, good morning. Good morning, Cindy Kep. Cindy Kep is one of our advertisers and a super fan, and um, we, we love her. So um, let me see. I'm going to check my notes here real quick. We, okay, so we've introduced you. We've talked about the cereal that we're eating. One of the things that we do is every week we talk about the cool things that we've discovered, our weekly loot. And, okay. you know, basically this show is a grown-up geek pop culture show and tell. Love in, ten, it. in 10 words or less, that's what this show is about. So you're a history buff, so you will appreciate this. Last okay. weekend, I was out, um, and we had a fill-in host who did an awesome job, Willow Schuyler. But I went to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for my wife's nephew's wedding. And while we were there, we drove down to Gettysburg and toured the battlefield it's been years since I've been there. I was an extra uh, in the movie Gettysburg, but never really got to like tour it and be a tourist. Nice. So we went, and I discovered in one of the gift shops, you hear the bag rattling. This is not what you think it is. Okay, I'm ready. This is going to surprise a lot of people. They're going to say, Johnny, why, why is this even a thing? And why are you so excited about this? <laughs> I found these blanket pins, four-inch blanket pins. Now, Indiana, as a, as a historian and archaeologist, you know what these are. I but am aware of them. <laughs> a lot of people are like, okay, Johnny, why are you geeking out about this? I, I bought a whole bag of them. Nice. 
And the reason is because as a magician, there is a classic trick called pin in handkerchief where you use these specific blanket pins and you pin it in the handkerchief. I've not learned it yet because these are so hard to find. Oh, wow. Um, and, and you can literally move the pin through the fabric without tearing the fabric. And um, that's why I bought a whole bag of them. I'll use them for my own purposes, but I'll probably sell them to magicians who can't find these. Because it's an old classic trick that is amazing, but nobody does it because you can't find this, this specific style of blanket pins. That's so awesome. I was actually personally just looking for something like that to pin my two mittens together so I don't lose them. I was like, where can I find a gigantic safety pin these days? And it's very hard. Yep. Well, there's a little antique shop, a little uh, Civil War uh, artifact store right on the main strip in Gettysburg that has them. So anyway. Um, cool. Also, want to share this. I found this in the wild. I'm, I'm a toy collector. Indiana. Okay. Um, I love Marvel Legends uh, toys. This is the new Marvel Legends retro line. Uh, it, they, they manufactured them as if they had been made in the late 70s, early 80s. And these are impossible to find in the wild. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you something that grinds my gears. Going to a, a store and seeing empty shelves and Walmart and target get wiped out. As soon as they restock the shelves, these fly. And so I found one in the wild. So excited. He's going to sit there. No, I'm not going to send him there because we might get copyright flagged. Um, and then the last thing I want to share in my show and tell segment is a gift that was just sent to me yesterday by one of our previous co-hosts, one of our previous guests, Larry Hoy. He found this puzzle at the hobby shop, and it is a puzzle of all of the uh, breakfast cereals that uh, we love and enjoy oh, that's here so cute. on the shore. Yeah, it's a thousand-piece puzzle, and um, we'll be working on this a long time. So, Larry Hoy, thank you for that, and. As a thank you, I want to remind people that you can pick up his book. He was on the show talking about it, A Bullet for the Shooter. It's a hit world novel, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. So, Indiana, you got any cool loot? I do. So I actually brought two things to share, one recent and one more so pop culture for me. Um, so this is a really amazing item that I've just purchased. Um, it looks a little strange, got some gears in there. And what it actually is, is um, this is a tiny solar panel and we have all these different gears in here that spin these little crystals. And if you hang it in your window, it actually creates rainbows all over the walls and it creates such a beautiful experience in the room. So I just love to sit in here and watch this. This is probably the best purchase I've made. Forever. That's very cool. Keekerland so, um, is, like, is the creator. Is it like just kind of this hypnotic, soothing pattern? Yeah, it kind of looks like you have a, a gentle disco ball going slowly behind you during meetings. So super pretty. Awesome. 
And then I did bring one other piece of loot. Um, I'm not a big toy collector, but every now and then, you know, I, I go to toy shows and I will see something that I really enjoy. And I was able to pick <clears throat> this one up at the Five Points Art Show in Brooklyn a few years ago. This is my tiny badger. He's like an art toy. And he's, he's a cool dude. He's got his hoodie on. He's got his chucks on. And I just <clears throat> saw him sitting there and I was like, I need you little buddy, you're so cute. So this is my personal art toy collection. That's pretty cool. <laughs> now is that Badger from uh, uh, the, the book series? What is that, uh, that Toad and Badger or no? It is not, no, it's designed by a company called Filter 017. <clears throat> I believe they are in Japan or China or Hong Kong, please don't quote me. Um, but yeah, they, they make a lot of interesting things. And this is like one of the few art toys that they develop. They also have different ones that you can paint yourself that come blank. So you, you are the designer with it. But yeah, they're very interesting. That's fantastic. Um, oh, so hold on. Um, Aubrey has lost the link. So let me, let me resend this to her. Um, she is trying to get in. Oh, this is compelling TV, isn't it? Um, where is it? It was up above. Oh, I am so sorry, Aubrey. If you are watching, this is my fault. I have been such a bad host this week, Indiana. I, I sat down in the studio tonight and I realized, or this morning, and I realized I hadn't loaded any of the, uh, the graphics. I hadn't loaded uh, any of... Um, the, the pictures that were sent to me, I, I just, I had it updated our intro video. I just, I was, I'm, I've been a horrible host this, this week and I don't know uh, where my head is. I'm, I'm, I'm like struggling. I'm on the struggle bus this week. Oh no. Well, hopefully we get it all sorted out very soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, while we're waiting for Aubrey to join us, we're going to acknowledge some viewers. Ted Davies is watching. Good morning, Ted Davies. He has an awesome uh, series on YouTube called Ted Talks, and uh, he covers things that are kind of offbeat. He does a great series called Ted Talks Timepieces, and every week he showcases a different watch or timepiece that is in his collection, and you wouldn't think it would be fascinating, but it's fascinating, um, and learning about the history of these watches. Larry Hoy is joining us he says, you're very welcome for the puzzle and that some assembly is required. You think? <laughs> you think? So while we're uh, waiting for Aubrey to get here so that we can uh, talk about some of our topics this week, I'm going to acknowledge some of our sponsors for this show. Um, we got to acknowledge this week's sponsor, Gorilla Tape. You saw the hairspray. Now try the bikini wax. Dun dun dun. <laughs> All right, maybe that didn't uh, wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. Um, <laughs> no, we do for real need to uh, acknowledge author Cindy Kep, one of our advertisers and super fans. Author Cindy Kep is writing on the edge. Books include Remnant in the Stars, The Loudest Actions. Lines of Succession, Mindstorm, 
Condemned Courier, the Yerushalon series, and Animal Eye. Find author Cindy Kep at C-K-O-E-P-P dot com today. And we also want to acknowledge the further adventures of the League of Impossibilists. And we also want to acknowledge the fine folks at the Hanging with Web Show, Web TV, in particular, Willow Schuyler for her help in being a brand evangelist and getting the word out about this show. We love you, Willow. Thank you so much. And we got a few more comments here. Uh, Cindy Kep says, very exciting. She's talking about her own ad. And she uh, has this great comic adaptation of her book Animal Eye that is being developed right now. And uh, you can go to her uh, website at uh, C-K-O-E-P-P.com and check out all of that cool coolness, awesome flavored coolness. So um, before we uh, talk more about you and actually, you know what? Let's just jump in here and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to mix up the, uh, the outline a little bit. We're going to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier in a minute. We're going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, but we want to do that when Aubrey arrives. She's having technical problems, and hopefully she can get here soon. But while we're waiting on her, we're going to just jump to the topic of the week. And the topic of the week is you, Indiana Bones. So um, you, you shared a little bit, but uh, I've been following you on Instagram, and you recently went to Japan searching for cryptids in Japan. Tell us about that. That's true. So <clears throat> last year, uh, we ended up in Japan right before the pandemic was starting to hit. Um, I had actually purchased masks because I was concerned about the volcano that had recently erupted in the Philippines, and I didn't want to breathe fiberglass. So that was the reason I had purchased masks. And we got to Japan, everybody was wearing masks. Um, so it was definitely a strange experience getting there, but um, we were still able to enjoy everything. It hadn't ramped up just yet. And so we got to go to a variety of different places, searching for different things. Um, one of my favorite cryptids is called a Kappa. It's kind of like a humanoid turtle, like think Ninja Turtle. Um, and he just lives in water 
he's often doing mischievous things, maybe murdering people, bringing them into the water, but sometimes they're helpful too. And uh, in one area of Tokyo, they actually have a temple dedicated to the Kappa called the Kapadera Temple. And you looks like you have a question. I do. Is that, I think that was the main character or the main protagonist in a uh, Hellboy animated uh, movie. Uh, does the, the does the Kappa have like a, a either a he bowl does, in its he head? Has, yes. He, so they're known to have a small divot in the top of their head that carries water. Yeah. And since Kappas are very um, polite people, aside from the murdering that they do, if you bow to them, they'll bow back. And if the water spills out of their head, then they get sent back to the spirit realm. Awesome. Hey, look who it is. Aubrey X. Aubrey Brewer has joined us with her. Uh, looks like you've got multi-flavored Cheerios this morning. <clears throat> I added banana. But wait, like the actual fruit or banana Cheerios? I the actual fruit. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. See, I see people do that all the time, and I always wonder: Is banana in breakfast cereal really good? Is it is it really a thing? Do you like is, it? This is my first time trying it. Uh, it's all right. So for those of you who have not watched the show before, Aubrey X is a, uh, a Twitch gamer. And she does her uh, Twitch feed every week. And her superpowers are sarcasm and cuteness. That works, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey, um, since we were waiting for you, we skipped ahead. Um, Indiana, do you mind if we rewind just a minute? Yeah, absolutely. So, so Aubrey, you've been holding it in for two days, and I we we got to put the spoiler uh, spoiler alert warning up. Is it going to go up? What's going on? Oh, there we go. Because we're going to talk about. Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, and uh, I want you to just let it all out. I liked it. <laughs> I really, really liked it. Like, so, that's hard to do for me, and it, it I know was, you don't like anything. I really don't, and <laughs> um, the to be able to redeem the the theatrical release like that's that's major props so what was your favorite uh favorite change or your favorite update or what what did you like best i liked that um they included the scenes that he originally wanted that got cut and that were obviously uh, necessary. You're talking about like the character building scenes? Yeah, the character build up. I, I felt like that was all very necessary. And I, I just thought it overall was a much more enjoyable um, experience watching. Now, I want to throw this out there. Because I've not seen anybody else say this online, but that final scene where they're showing the the different possible realities or futures, mm -hmm. and Batman and Joker 
are having this conversation in the in the dream. desolated dream world or whatever, you know, the post-apocalyptic future. Right. I have a theory that the Joker isn't really there. That it's all in Batman's head. Yeah. And the reason I think that is because he didn't he didn't he didn't address anybody else in the group. And nobody else addressed the Joker. And and dead uh who is it? Uh Deathstroke. All he said is, Do we really need him along? Like he knows was no, that was Deathstroke, the Terminator. Oh okay. eye patch, yeah. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my that's my deep dive minutia geek cred coming out right now. Um I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Well that's okay. Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, the Terminator. I don't think he has enough titles. But he sa- he says to Bruce, you know, hey Bruce, do we really need him along? Like he knows that Bruce has this split personality dysfunction and he doesn't really see the joker he just knows that bruce is talking to someone who's not there and he's like bruce come on do we really need to have this anyway that's my theory that's true yeah i didn't think about that yeah because you're you're a gamer and isn't there one of the uh, Batman games where that is the case, that Joker is only existing in his head? No. One of the um, Arkham games? No? There's oh, There are sequences where, like, Scarecrow messed with him, and um, some of the stuff is hallucinations. But, um... And... The Joker was able to mess with them a couple of times too, where he wasn't really there, like hallucinations. Um, but he was always there, just hard to find. <laughs> now, Indiana Bones, are you into uh, comic book superhero movies, Justice League? Um, here and there, uh, I do like Slade Wilson. You know, he's a complicated guy. He's got a lot going on. He's an intense fellow. Um, let's see, comic book stuff. Probably most recently, I've I've watched Arrow. Okay. I know people have mixed feelings about, but you know, it's a cute it's a cute show, and I've enjoyed it so My far. My mom really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey says that as if it's uh, something to be reviled. My mom really liked it. Um, <laughs> I didn't really care for it. I, I started watching. I drop off for a few years, come back, drop off. So I'm slowly getting through it. Well, you know, the, the problem I had with Arrow is I watched the first episode and it just didn't grab me. And in general, the CW shows overall have the same problem for me that they, they delve too much into this like high school romantic drama. And, and it, it happens every episode. Like, oh, we're breaking up. We're back together. Oh, I lost my parents. No, they're alive. And um, they just, the only show that really didn't get caught in that cycle for me was Legends of Tomorrow, which I really, really love. Now, Larry Hoy comments on your review, Aubrey, and says that the new Justice League is so much better. 
and that giving Great. giving Cyborg a backstory is fantastic. Making Flash more than just comic relief. Right. Now, and I'm not, not the cheesy uh, moments. They took those out. Really? So the whole, I need friends. That's gone? No, that's in there. Okay. Um, the cheesy moments like with Wonder Woman. See, the I don't even remember that. Now, and I've not watched the new movie yet. So um, there's a couple of moments that were super unnecessary that were taken out. Okay. Okay. Larry Hoy also says putting the mother boxes in the movie. Now that is probably the biggest twist is that, um, you know, all, all of the uh, mother boxes, but you know, and, and then he says all great improvements, but it struck me as I'm watching the recaps and I'm talking to my son about it, that it seems like this movie now has a very similar structure and narrative to the Avengers movies, in particular, Infinity War and Endgame. Um, you got the big bad alien who conquers world after world for 50,000 years, 50,000 worlds or whatever, and then he's coming to Earth to conquer Earth and seeking this mystical uh, artifact, the mother boxes that will give him ultimate control over the universe. And um, I kind of so. thought that too, as I was watching, but it was still enjoyable. I mean, I, you got to give it, uh, you know what it was. It was a more mature version of the Avengers. I would like to think. Okay. Okay, I can deal with that. And uh, Willow Skyler says, Morning, everyone. Good morning, Willow. You missed your commercial. Um, <laughs> uh, so one, one, one more thing before we get back to Indiana Bones' featured story. Uh, yesterday, the Falcon and Winter Soldier dropped. Did anyone see it yet? Do, 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 do. Guess not. I guess I'm the only one. Um, loved it. Uh, it was, you know, here's the thing. Justice League sucked all of the oxygen out of the room. And so I think people were so focused on that that they forgot that the Falcon and Winter Soldier was debuting on Disney+. Plus. But it did, and it was epic. The first three minutes has the Avengers-style action that everyone was looking for at the beginning of WandaVision. So... Where WandaVision had this really slow build, Falcon and Winter Soldier hits you right in the face. And it it's a lot of fun. So we'll be talking more about that as the weeks go on. So, Aubrey, you don't have Disney Plus anymore. You, you canceled Disney Plus as a um, protest, which is what we're supposed to do. If we don't like the way somebody does business, we vote with our wallets. And so you're not going to be watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, at least until it comes out on video. And that's a real shame, Aubrey, because um, Disney Plus just announced as well that April 3rd, and I'm super excited about this, they are dropping the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars animated series, which was previously only available on Cartoon Network. And it's been like 15 years since it was on the air. Um, that'll be available on Disney+. Plus. They're also putting the Boba Fett short from the Star Wars Holiday mm -hmm. Special from 1977 on Disney+. Plus. And 
both of the Ewoks movies, the Ewok Adventure and Caravan of Courage. Now, Indiana Bones, you're a big Indiana Jones fan. Were you also a Star Wars fan and Lucasfilm fan in general? Um, I suppose when I was little, I was really into Star Wars. Um, as I got older, I think I watched some of the movies, but not as many as came out. <laughs> so have you seen the Ewok movies, Ewok Adventure and Caravan of Courage? Didn't know that existed, but now I want to see it. So, I didn't know it existed either. You guys are so young. It's it, that's. I just problem. played as an Ewok in um, Battlefront Two. Oh, did you? Now in Battlefront Two, do they do they portray the Ewoks the way that I think they should be portrayed as vicious little monsters? Yeah, with claws and teeth. They're cannibals. Because, because you're okay. It's a completely like pitch black forest, okay. And you're either gonna be the first Ewok or you're gonna be one of the the troopers. And uh, if you're one of the troopers, you pretty much just have to make sure you stay with the group or stay with someone because they they can sneak up on you. They can do whatever. It's yeah, it's pretty funny. Well, I've always maintained that in real life. And the, the if I will say one, um, basically the objective is they, uh, the troopers have to escape. And if too many of them get turned into Ewoks, then, you know, the Ewoks win. But, so yeah. wait, wait a minute. In, in, in the battlefront, because that's canon. So in the Star Wars universe, Ewoks are like, Wear creatures and turn humans into Ewoks. I guess. I think it might just be part of the game. I don't know, but well, that game is supposed to be canon. I, yeah, I know. Okay, I've got to do some research on this, Aubrey. We we got to get to the bottom of this because I've always <laughs> maintained in real life Ewoks would be nasty little Wolverines. Mm -hmm. Because they, they live on a forest moon. They're hunters. They sound like little wolverines. <laughs> they're builders, right? They they build buildings. They build tools. So they're intelligent. Yeah, you can jump from trees and like little like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we know that they're meat eaters because they, they, they trap seem the, like they would be. Well, they got the claws. They got the teeth. I think they would be horrible opponents fighting in a forest and um, where you can't see and they're tiny and they're basically, yeah. they can jump around like Yoda and yeah. And yeah. And, and bite your head off. And, and I mean, look, we know that they were cannibals, that they ate people. How do we know that? Because they capture Luke Han and Chewbacca. And the first thing they do is tie them up on spits to roast them. That's horrifying. Yeah. They're not, they're not cute little teddy bears. They're horrifying no. little wolverine forest creatures. And and Indiana Bones, you've probably had your share of encounters with horrifying forest creatures. You see what I just did there? Good segue. I, look, I make it look easy. Do not try this at home. I am a trained broadcast professional. So... 
we are right back where we started when we rewound. So you went to Japan and you were investigating the, the Koopa. Is that how you pronounce the, it? The, the Kappa. Kappa, Kappa. All right. So we pick it back up with Indiana Bones and her adventure to Japan. All right. So... Yeah, um, for those who joined late, um, I got a trip into Japan right before the pandemic hit last year and got to do some exploring around there. Uh, and one of the main places that we wanted to check out was the Kappa Temple dedicated to a strange little cryptid in Japan that kind of looks like a ninja turtle. Um, they kind of came... Uh, the temple was created because supposedly in the past there was a ton of flooding in the area. <clears throat> and there was a gentleman whose last name also sounded like Kappa, and he ran into a Kappa, and the Kappa actually happened to be a really nice person and helped the team, or helped this person build a bridge across <clears throat> and also set up like some walls and everything to prevent flooding. And they were like, wow, this Kappa was so nice. We totally need to build him a temple, and they did. But But he didn't remain nice, right? <laughs> This particular Kappa was nice and helped out the town. Okay. But not all Kappas are nice. They also might just murder you for fun. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, in that Hellboy, Hellboy animated movie that I referenced, there was a Kappa that was uh, stealing children yes. from the village. Oh, yes. And they sent him in to, to, <clears throat> to kill it. Yeah, they are uh, um, often, you know, supposedly seen in water areas, especially in more rural parts of Japan, but also it could be a misconception with the giant salamander that also lives there, which would be amazing to see. So, okay. Go to Japan. Yeah, Aubrey is a Japan aficionado. Nice. <laughs> you know what, Aubrey, we'll do a road trip there. I I'm, I'm, trip. I'm dedicated to getting you out of Aubrey's cave out into the real world. Speaking of getting into the real world, uh, ICCCon, April 16th, 17th, and 18th, here in Nashville, Music City, Sheraton. We've got a table. We've got a booth. You, you mark it on your calendar right now, Aubrey. <laughs> She's thinking. <laughs> so, so, Indiana Bones, have you actually seen... Any of the cryptids that you investigate? So I, I haven't seen any cryptids. They're, they're pretty hidden. That's the meaning of cryptid. Um, they're hidden animals and we can't find them, unfortunately. But I've definitely had some strange experiences. Um, we've been to a number of abandoned places. So it's not just cryptids that we're looking for. We go into old buildings or... Um, supposedly haunted prisons. Um, there's a big prison in Philadelphia that we visited. But I think probably one of the strangest experiences, I'll share a ghost story from my childhood that really kind of got me wondering because it, it's a story that doesn't make sense. <clears throat> so I was laying in bed as a child and I had a, a window. We had very small windows that were low to the ground where the eaves kind of met. And I was laying in bed looking at the wall and all of a sudden this small beam of light about this big showed up on the wall. And I was like, what is that? It looks like if somebody was holding a flashlight about three inches from a wall, but nobody was. And 
then the light started kind of tracking back and forth against my wall like somebody was maybe shining a flashlight from the window and I was terrified. I was like, what could that possibly be? And so I was just about to go downstairs and tell my mom and the light turned off and I was calm and I was like collecting myself. Then the light turned back on again after about a second. And it did the same thing. It sat there, went back and forth for a bit and then was gone. And I ran downstairs and told my mom and it was actually very concerning. She was like, oh my gosh, is somebody trying to break in? Is it a pervert? Who knows what's going on? And we actually had the police come out to do like an investigation because we were honestly very concerned that maybe it was like a person. And so they came up, they investigated, looked around outside and they're like, well, you are on the second story. You'd need to have a ladder to have somebody up there. And their explanation was that somebody was deer spotting across the hill. And if you don't know what that is, it's where you just take a big light and shine it in the eyes of deers before killing them in the nighttime easily. And if you know anything about light, the further it gets from an object, the more dissipated it becomes. So it would not be a concentrated little circle of light on the wall, like what I was seeing. So what was it? I don't know. It was a very strange time. <laughs> Well, one of my one of my many hats that I wear is as a paranormal storyteller. I lead haunted tours of downtown Nashville. I love it. <laughs> and we capture on film a lot uh, uh, orbs um, about softball size orbs of light, um, and we've captured them moving. Um, I've never seen them with my naked eye. Yeah. But they've come out, shown up on video or on camera uh, later. And um, now I did see one time. Now, the, the light that you're describing, did it have a tail? No, it, it was honestly, imagine shining a flashlight from your wall right here. Yeah. But no flashlight. It was just a very direct circle. No beam, really. How old were you when that happened? I was probably about 14 or 15. I wasn't like a little kid. I was in a, you know, young teenager. Um, but yeah, it was very strange. I would call that horrifying. <laughs> I was pretty terrified. I, I mean, it, it, because it's it's paranormal, it's unknown. It could have been a person on my roof or something, but it, the likelihood of that isn't there. So then you just have to start exploring alternate explanations for what happened. Yeah, so you've uh, you've investigated Bigfoot. You've investigated living dinosaurs in New Jersey. Tell us about that. Ah, well, um, New Jersey is actually home to a number of dinosaurs. If you don't know much about the Northeast, we actually used to be a sea that then kind of trickled out into land, but we were a shallow sea for some time. And in upstate New York, it's all full of fossils. And New Jersey, more so on the land side, they have dinosaurs there. Um, and one of the ones that was found in the 1800s was the Hadrosaur. And they have big statues of the dinosaur all over New Jersey, as well as a site that you can visit where the dinosaur was excavated. And this was one of the first dinosaurs that was mostly complete to be excavated. Um, so this is very early days of um, paleontology. That's the digging up of dinosaurs, not artifacts, which people commonly confuse. Um, and so, yeah, uh, in the eighties, uh, there was a boy scout and he's like, wow, this site is like really important to the history of paleontology. It's been neglected. So he got a plaque put up as part of his boy scout project. And to this day, there's like picnic tables and everything there. And people come and leave dinosaur toys 
for little kids to play with. So there's just picnic tables full of dinosaurs all over the place. And it's kind of like this cute curated collection to the memory of these dinosaurs in the early days of paleontology that was happening right there in New Jersey. So, but, but, so what, what's the story behind the living dinosaur? Ah, so no, no such living dinosaur really. Um, but I think we're more so interested in what dinosaurs were and, and okay. perhaps what they've evolved into. So I, I'm getting this, I'm getting this kind of under, undertone, this, this, this texture, this, this uh, nuance from you that maybe you're a little bit of a skeptic. Are you, or are you like sold out about cryptids? Oh, I, no, not a skeptic, um, but I'm not a total believer. I think I'm a, definitely more of a scientific mind and I wanna see evidence. And when you kind of stack rank all the different cryptids that might be out there, what are the most likely ones to actually be real? Um, Bigfoot, we have so many eyewitness reports and different perhaps species variations across countries. Um, is he eight feet tall? Is he four foot tall? Um, like in Indonesia, some of the ones there are very small, but they also have a historic record of fossils of when our ancestors were really only four feet tall. And could these be kind of like the actual living fossils? I think Bigfoot really does have a lot of evidence and some of the tracks that have been found that shows the dermal ridges, which are your fingerprints and marks on your skin. That that's that's a very hard thing to fake, and to have it exist in a track is really a good evidence for him being real. <laughs> well, I've always said that I think uh, Bigfoot could totally be real because, uh, you know, anyone who lives around wooded areas or in in the rural South, like where we're at, where Aubrey and I are, especially, um, you know, we have a a huge deer population. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of deer, but you only see them very rarely. Absolutely. And, you know, they will, they will, um, the, the, you, I see spot them, them all the time. Right, right. But when you see them and if they jump into the tree line, they're gone. They vanish like, like a Sometimes ghost. Sometimes I see them down the street when I'm walking the dogs. Right. Right. When, when they're That's out in the field, actually, they're out in yeah, the open. Yeah. Yeah. But but once once they hit the tree line, they're gone, and and those are animals that are you know operating on instinct only. If we had a, if we have a hominoid, a humanoid, ape hybrid, of any kind of rational intelligence that doesn't want to be found, he's not going to be found. He's going to remain hidden, I believe, and and that's why. You know, the evidence is so elusive. It's there, but there's like. And, and you know, I think one of the big things that people often say is that, show me a body. Where is the body? Well, if we think about what potential this creature might have for intelligence, do they bury their dead? I mean, we have evidence of early Neanderthal graves with really basic funeral rituals happening, putting some objects in and covering the grave. Another thing I saw that, is my own personal theory um, for perhaps why we never find Bigfoot bodies, at least in the eras where uh, badgers live. I once saw a video where somebody placed a cow corpse into the woods where there was like a badger living. 
And that badger within probably less than 24 hours had taken the cow, dug holes around it and covered it so that it could eat it slowly while it like rots underground. And a cow is a big creature and so is a Bigfoot. So maybe if they come across these like big creatures, they really want to save and preserve them to like eat later. That's another thing that could be happening. Well, what you know, this is interesting. I've never really uh, explored this or researched it, but what what do uh, great apes do with their dead? Do they bury them? Do they leave them to be devoured by other animals? What what do they do? Um, I'm not the most familiar with current uh, primates, but I would say I, I don't think burial is an option. There are anthropologists and primatologists who do a lot of research studying things just like that. Um, and there are some sites today where researchers are seeing different <clears throat> intelligent behaviors across um, chimpanzees specifically. So maybe in one region, chimpanzees all do a certain high five. And that's their thing. They all do it. But if you go to another area in like the Gambia or a different part of Africa, maybe all those chimpanzees do like a low high five. And they have these different cultural aspects in their troops as you're kind of traveling around to different areas. And we might honestly be watching evolution in progress and soon they'll be using tools and burying their dead. <laughs> that That's fantastic. Aubrey, We I know I've asked you this before, but mm -hmm. what, I mean, what do you what do you think, Bigfoot? Yay or nay? Have you uh, had any uh, seen or heard anything that would uh, lead you to believe that uh, Bigfoot is a real thing? Not quite, but uh, paranormal. I definitely am all about. Um, I, I would think there's like more chance of a ghost than maybe Bigfoot, but... Really? Maybe, yeah. Because I'm kind of the opposite. I, You know, I'm like, if you drive through the South, you know, like some of the state parks here, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres of woodland, and, and if someone didn't want to be found, that's where I would go. You know? It would be tough to find someone. It would literally be a needle in a haystack. But Indiana Bones, what, what made me a believer in Bigfoot was my older brother, Dwayne, who is a Navy SEAL or was uh -huh. a Navy SEAL. And he had an encounter at uh, Mount Rainier State Park, uh, came face to face with a Sasquatch wow. and ha had to record it as as a Navy SEAL. He had to record it with the Navy as an official report, as, as an encounter. And the, the Navy gives Navy SEALs, and I think the Army does too, they have a, a a manual on dealing with Bigfoot sightings, how to report them, how to interact. So the the Army and Navy believe he's real. Oh, that's so interesting. I remember mm -hmm. I was at a Bigfoot museum in uh, Georgia, Expedition Bigfoot, if you're ever there, and they, were, they had like a display about an attack that had happened where... I don't know if there was like some army guys like sitting in the woods for a training exercise or something like that. And they were attacked by a number of different Bigfoots supposedly that like left both men and Bigfoots dead. Uh, apologies if I'm extrapolating the information that I recall. <laughs> but yeah, it was like this story about this, this soldier telling his experience quite similar to that, but 
it wasn't a good one. It was it was a very bad experience. So, well, and that, that's funny because that's that's the circumstance that my brother was in. They were doing a training exercise, and um, he was with a you know his squad, mm -hmm. and yes. uh, and and yeah. So, and you know if a if a Navy SEAL says they saw something, they yeah. saw it because Navy SEALs don't lie. Because when you lie, people die, and um, so. I went on a Bigfoot hunt one time uh, with my son, a daytime expedition. Because, nice. you know, I'm, I'm like, why, why do they always go out in the nighttime? I know. I, why? <laughs> they're, they're, they're not ghosts, right? They're, they're, so I'm like, nothing that I've seen indicates that they're nocturnal necessarily. Um, so we went out in the daytime in a state park here in Tennessee, and we're doing the knocks. We're doing the calls. Mm -hmm. And we had a response. I, wow. I did the call. Wow. And it came back a couple of miles away. Wow, it was pretty crazy. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, wanna, you never you, know. You want to go on a Bigfoot hunt, Aubrey? <laughs> She's like, I just want to stay here and play video games. Leave me alone. <laughs> I love you, Aubrey. Kind of. <laughs> so, uh, actually, believe it or not, we're coming to the end of the hour. Um, so, Indiana Bones, tell people where they can find you, where they can find Saturday Adventure. Um, that's a pretty cool series you've got on YouTube. Thank you so much. Yeah, so you can check us out um, on YouTube. We're Saturday Adventures there. On Instagram, we're Saturday Adventure. You can visit our website and read our blog. It's printisbetter.com slash Saturday Adventures. And you can join us on Facebook under Saturday Adventures as well. We'd love to see you. Yeah, uh, you're you're putting out some great stuff. Very, very interesting stuff. And um, uh, I love, 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 love talking about cryptids, as if you can't tell from my enthusiasm. And I love it so much that the back of the cereal box is doing a spinoff series called Cryptid Crunch. Whoa. And it will cool. be... It will be debuting next week with um, our host, Sarah Cooper, who is the creator and curator of the American Snallygaster Museum in Frederick, Maryland. Have wow. you heard of the, have you heard of the Snallygaster? I have. I have heard of the Snallygaster. That's so funny. And I'm like super excited. I'd love to check this out. Yeah. Her first episode is going to be uh, documenting stories about the sheep squatch nice there's there's some strange combination human sasquatch animal things out there <laughs> yeah yeah so um and she is joined by a forensic investigator uh de la la rivier um the geek gumshoe and uh he is the skeptic and uh so he's going to be taking her stories and dissecting them through a forensic investigator's lens. he is That's what he does for a real job, is he is a forensic crime scene investigator. So this should be fun. I wanted to have them on this morning with you, but uh, they had scheduling conflicts and we couldn't make that happen. So, uh, but uh, be on the lookout for Cryptid Crunch. The first episode should be dropping this coming Thursday. Very excited about that. And... Um, Go check out Saturday Adventures with Indiana Bones. That's exciting. 
So um, real quick before we leave, I want to see if we have any more comments from our audience. Your ride's here. <laughs> the trouble of living in New York City. <laughs> oh, so where do you, you're in New York City. I love New York City. We're yeah. in Nashville, um, which is like one sixteenth of New York. Yes, um, <laughs> I visited a few times. Yes, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but you know what I love about New York City, and you can attest to this, Indiana, is that although it's a huge megalopolis, all it's really a collection of small neighborhoods. Absolutely. Um, and that's what I, I really like about it. We're right on the Brooklyn-Queens border, and it's very small, but nice. Except for all the honking that you might be hearing in the background. My apologies. No, that's okay. Um, it's all part of live TV. Yes, the New York experience. You're getting it right here. Um, well, but yeah, it, it's, it is very small and, and neighborhood-oriented. Everybody's got their own little pockets and areas of places that they hang out, and it's very nice. So since you're in New York City, are there any stories of cryptids native to New York? Oh, I mean, alligators in the sewers, but and giant rats. But what else? Oh, I mean, there's there's a lot of things, probably especially like within the tri-state area that we might travel to. So the Jersey Devil is just over in New Jersey, and we've definitely gone to the Pine Barrens and gone to the old time cemetery there to look up the graves of the Leeds family. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff nearby and, and we like to travel at least in in these times um, on a much smaller and preferably outdoor radius. Well, changes are coming. The vaccine is getting distributed and hopefully by the fall, we'll be back to normal. And um, speaking of getting back to normal, Aubrey, speaking of late this year, July 30th through August 1st, Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois. We will be there as back of the cereal box with a uh, table in Artist Alley. Uh, we will be broadcasting live from there and interacting with our friends and foes. So uh, make plans to join us uh, July 30th through August 1st. We will be at uh, ICCCon um, April 16th through the 18th here in Nashville, Tennessee. So make plans to uh, join us there. And uh, more dates are coming. We will be at CryptidCon. We will be at CreepyCon. We will be at Imaginarium. More details will be coming. And um, uh, Indiana, what's the next episode coming up on Saturday Adventures? Uh-oh, she's muted. I thought I heard there somebody go. Okay, sorry. Uh, my camera froze for a second. Um, yeah, I believe we're having our Tokyo Monster episode drop this weekend, so I'm super excited. <laughs> very, very cool. Very cool. So check that out at Saturday Adventures on YouTube. And um, make sure you subscribe and comment. We're going to post links in the uh, show notes. And uh, we're going to link to uh, your channel from our channel. We'll... Uh, Link awesome. you as uh, as an affiliate, uh, as a as a friend of the show. Well, so, thank you so um, much. <laughs> and Aubrey, what 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 are you twitching this week? Mm, I don't <laughs> know. Maybe an older game. I don't know yet. You know, I ask you this every week, and and you never really know. No. Nope. 
<laughs> so you can find uh, Aubrey on Twitch at AubreyX1. And um, don't expect, don't tune in though to expect to see her feet. No, no. feet are alive. <laughs> no feet are allowed on Twitch. No. It's a real thing, Indiana Bones. Oh no, people requesting yeah. that weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look at how this layout just happened. You know, I've got you in the background, Indiana, and the way that Aubrey is positioned. Yeah. She's, she's on top of your torso. That's yeah. kind of weird. Oh, her um, arms are lining up just right. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> Aubrey has become her own chimera. <laughs> little little uh, drop of cryptid knowledge for those viewers. Go look up what a chimera is. All right. Well, that is it, guys. Um, that is it for this week. Um, as for me, I will be uh, appearing again Wednesday on uh, New Comics. Yum! On this network. And um, there will be some big news coming in the next couple of days about my new, well, republished new book series, uh, Tales of the Decoverse. The first edition is uh, Night Reich. And Aubrey, did you, I send you that artwork? Did, did you see that? I'm going to send you that artwork because I want your feedback on it. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I'm I, not for sure. Well, if, if I did, you would know it. So okay. I'm, I, I'll send it to you. Um, I got the artwork from the publisher Monday and um, I've gotten some great feedback, and so uh, I'm excited about it. And Facebook user says, hey, guys. Hey, Facebook user. Hi. Hello. And with that, guys, it's time to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Indiana Bones, for being with us. You were an awesome guest. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about the new podcast that you guys have coming out as well. Yeah, you can check out Cryptid Crunch on Thursdays. On Tuesdays, we drop Back Issue, book, uh, Back Issue Breakfast Club with Kelly Getner. She reviews uh, graphic novels and trade paperbacks off of her bookshelf. Um, our show on Saturdays, which is basically a grown-up geek pop culture show and tell. Um, and uh, then uh, I Scream Queens, which is going to be uh, a midnight snack of horror and gothic-themed pop culture will be debuting in April on Sunday nights. Uh, and we got a little network happening here. So um, we appreciate all of you who are tuning in. If you like our shows, uh, one of the things that you can do is help support us. Uh, you can make a donation at PayPal at johnpike at johnpike.com or... If you really want to become a uh, supporter, you can support us at Patreon, patreon.com slash John Pica Productions. And um, that is greatly appreciated. You help us finance road trips and upgrade uh, technology and help pay for the streaming services that we use. And it is greatly appreciated. And if you become a big enough contributor, you will get your own commercial just like Cindy Kep. All right. So uh, make sure you visit YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, share, Facebook, like, comment, share. Uh, join us on Instagram at Serial Box Podcast. We produce exclusive content on all of the platforms. So that gives you a reason. And don't forget our audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Um, 
And with that, if you like the shows, tell two, 300 of your closest friends and family to come share the fun. And until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.